found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Well, here it is, a hump day already. It's a hump day edition of Tidbits. Sure is. 26th day of April, and here we are ready to roll. Frosty start. Did it catch off guard? Not really. It wasn't too bad. All right. Wasn't the thick frost like we had a few days ago. Right. But it'll be frosty uh, again tomorrow. Right now it's 31 degrees. But things will get better. They always do this time of year, Matt. We've got lots of things to look forward to. You say so. We're going to start with a mother that says she saves hundreds of dollars a month by feeding her 18-month-old baby crickets (laughs) instead of meat. That was that took a left turn, man. I was not expecting that. Wow. And now she says she plans to add ants, grasshoppers, and worms to her daughter's diet. Tiffany Lee, a food writer from Toronto, Canada, said that she first tried insects during a visit to Asia. Tasting everything from fried tarantula legs to scorpion mm. on a stick. Mm. And she Ooh. loved how the critters were incorporated into local dishes to enhance their textural appeal. <laughs> when her daughter became old enough to start eating food, Tiffany decided to add bugs to her diet, which she described as a much cheaper way to provide the toddler with protein. You go out the yard, you find some crickets. <laughs> Dinner, babe. You ready? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Recently, the mother of one, and hopefully that's all she'll have, explained that since she started mixing crickets into her 18-month-old's meal, she doesn't have to spend as much on more traditionally expensive proteins like beef, chicken, and pork. And she said the change has resulted in her cutting her food bill down from 250 or 300 bucks a week to 150 or 200 so there you go. Okay. Now, I would think you don't readily have things available all season, especially in Canada. Oh, you can get this. You can order bugs on Bug, online. Bugs online? Yeah. She explained that uh, she first started by giving her daughter cricket puffs, which she said oh look like Cheetos, <laughs> but taste far less salty. So she's, she's raising her kid to be John the Baptist, who... <laughs> was in the woods and ate nothing but honey and locusts. She says they're less salty and have a fibrous finish to them. Fibrous? <laughs> mm. Next, she tried giving her daughter whole roasted crickets, which didn't go as smoothly. <laughs> Tiffany admitted that she was horrified when she pulled the first one out of the bag since she said you can see their little heads, thoraxes, and abdomens all clustered together. <laughs> After her toddler took a bite, it was clear that she was not a fan of them and chucked the rest onto the floor, not giving up. Tiffany then decided to start mixing the whole roasted crickets into things like pancake mix or mac and cheese sauce. (laughs) And it was a success because the little girl couldn't even tell they were in there. Oh, yeah, there you go. Sneak it in there. Sneak the bugs in there. Now, is mom eating this stuff too? Okay. It doesn't say anything about her eating it. Okay. Oh, no, no, this is not for me. This is... <laughs> the uh, writer said she now plans to incorporate more edible insects into her daughter's meals 
as she gets older, including ants, grasshoppers, and worms. <laughs> Why? Is it a money thing? <laughs> She's saving a hundred or so bucks a, a week. <sighs> so, I don't know. Uh, you know, they say that there's protein and you can survive on that oh, stuff. Oh, I know. You know, but I know. are you that hard up? <laughs> okay, are you? It's like, you know, my dad coming from the the times of the Depression. Right. Where, you know, your garden was a very important, well, you know, can't we buy a can of corn, Dad? Do we have to have, you know, 600 rows of corn out there? You know? It's, it's just... Roosevelt brought us out of it, Dad. We're fine. It was just, you know, could we just buy a can of corn? Back then it was maybe 29 cents. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so she's she's eating all those bucks. Now, again, I guess you'd have to go online and get some of these in the off-season. Because crickets, yeah. you know. Of course, there's always that one cricket that seems to live in your building all winter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that survives. Or it's just randomly yeah. in the middle of, you know, January. You hear, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, where have you been? <laughs> all lethargy hopping around. <laughs> I don't, you know, I probably eat a cricket, okay? If some, it'd have to be, you know, like the Cheeto cricket. I, I'd probably go for the, okay. <laughs> the Cheeto cricket. But just to eat, you know, right. bugs. If I had to, to survive, I, I, you know, but again, I think I can afford some Cheetos, Real Okay, <laughs> I don't need to eat crickets. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, before we hit the uh, news, Maybelline is now facing calls for a boycott. Oh, no. After a sponsorship with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney. How much is Mulvaney making out of all this? Sponsors of everything. Posted a short video last month of herself applying the brand's cosmetics and getting glam. Mm. <laughs> the uh, Pushback comes as another major brand, Anheuser-Busch's Bud Light's dealing with a boycott of its beer. <laughs> In the Maybelline promotion, Mulvaney shows herself without makeup and then transformed by eyeshadow, lipstick, and more products. I just... <laughs> I'm telling you, she just... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a good picture, I don't think. But uh, I just... I. You're going to face backlash, you know, yep. unfortunately. It's just the way it is. And um, now I suppose, what is what else is out there other than Maybelline off-brands? Do you know any? you wear any of these makeups? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like... <laughs> There's got to be others out there. there Max be. Factor. Okay. You know, I, did, I just thought Max Factor was a brand until I was watching an old movie once, and Max Factor did the makeup. It was makeup. like a real person. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So I suppose Maybelline must have been maybe... I have no idea. Chuck Berry sang of her. <laughs> there you go. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> it's 6. Just about 6.30. We'll take a break for news, a look at weather, and we've got more tidbits. When we come back, the uh, Indiana bill heading to the desk of the governor would require schools to alert parents if their child requests a name or pronoun change. And uh, that's in our state. Yeah. So we'll uh, hit on that. Some other tidbits coming right up.
not again. <laughs> Please, anything, but not again. What's going on here? I don't know. Didn't do it yesterday. No. I don't know uh, what the deal is. Maybe it's this particular commercial that gets logged up in there. I don't know. Anyway, we got to go on and... <laughs> you know, there's, you know, there's a, so, lot, a lot of stuff we're missing here with commercials. We got a bunch. Because we have a bunch of commercials this morning. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll have to work. You know, do you have the story about the governor? <laughs> nope. I just, uh, you know, shut it down. No. No. I'm going to, I'm going to work. I shouldn't have shut it down because I didn't set anything. So that was stupid. Okay, here we go. <laughs> An Indiana bill heading to the desk of the state's Republican governor, around here we call him Eric Holcomb, <laughs> uh, would require schools to alert parents if their child requests a name or pronoun change. The GOP, the GOP-controlled House, voted 63 to 28, mostly along party lines, to send the controversial proposal to Governor Eric Holcomb two weeks after it was endorsed by the state Senate. If signed into the, the law. The legislation would force school officials to provide written notification to a child's parent or guardian within five business days of the child asking to be called a different pronoun, title, or word. Republican State Rep. Michelle Davis, a lead sponsor of the bill, said it would empower parents by putting them in control of introducing sensitive topics to their children. On the other side, LGBTQ advocates have voiced concerns that the move could put the out could out transgender kids to their unsupportive families. I don't know. That's very controversial. All of it, you know, and that's right here in the Hoosier state. So I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what way to feel about anything anymore. I just feel like I'm. A fossil out of place. <laughs> I, you know, I really do. I just, if I feel like I'm just not, you know, right, a part of the the scene. It's like I just sit on the outside looking in, and I think to myself, "What the heck's going on?" Here's the uh, from the Food and Drug Administration. They've updated its food code, and they've okayed dogs to join their owners at restaurants and outdoor dining, so you can take Rover with oh, you. Oh boy! Oh, he doesn't have to stay home. Sorry, boy. Oh. Regulations officially allow pet dogs, not just service animals, in outdoor dining areas. The new guidelines still give states and restaurants the option to prohibit dogs if they choose. If a restaurant permits owners to dine with their dog, the establishment cannot discriminate based on breed. (laughs) I'm sorry, you've got a chihuahua. (laughs) We don't want you eating here. You're you're not welcome. (laughs) Is that what it is? Well, that or, you know, you bring your Great Dane in that's, you know, knocking tables over and, or your Mastiff that, you know. It's just, uh, I, uh, why would you discriminate based on a dog breed? Boy, how relaxing would that be? You're out there, you're on a date, you're enjoying your time, and you got Yippee Chihuahua over there <laughs> barking at everyone. Oh, he's, he's just nervous. He's just nervous to be here, aren't you? <laughs> And you know that's going to happen. Then you got the Great Dane taking a great, <laughs> a great dump over yeah. there in the corner. That's that's what could possibly go wrong with any of this. All right, Matthew, we're going to see if this works now. Okay, here we go. Heaven help us. Good day, good people.
This is Tidbits. Well, we made it through the break. How about that? Congratulations to us all. Way to go. It's Tidbits on a Wednesday. Four passengers arrested after two midair brawls. Here we go again. <laughs> Forced an emergency landing during a flight in Australia. Hey, we're listened to a lot in Australia. That's right. In a video of part of the incident, a group of rowdy passengers can be seen standing near the aisle where one of them allegedly raises a bottle above their head, seemingly to strike another passenger. Wow. When the first alleged incident broke out, it prompted the fight to turn back to Queensland, the flight, I should say, where a woman was charged. Oh, those are women? Yeah. They're into it. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking dudes, you know, like. Women, I'm telling you, they <laughs> they fight dirty. Okay. After the flight, plot twist. It was all women. Took off again. The same group of unruly passengers. Now, why are they still on there? Allegedly started arguing again, resulting in a fight and an internal window being smashed. Oh my gosh! When the plane landed in a group. <laughs> off the east coast of Northern Territory. There you go. Sorry, folks. I don't know how to... We, know we can't pronounce your Australian <laughs> words. Sorry. Three passengers were arrested. Wow. I don't know why you would lo- allow them still to stay on there if they were unruly. And why'd you turn around if they're... You know, I mean, you didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, folks. Let's settle down. <laughs> well, here we go. I don't... Now, do you take your phone into the restroom? I'm a red-blooded American. Of course they take my phone to the restroom. (laughs) It's not the same if you don't. (laughs) A 2019 survey (laughs) found that most people use their phones on the toilet. See? And studies have found our mobile phones to be dirtier than the crapper seat. (laughs) We've heard this before. Okay? Everything's dirtier than a crapper seat. (laughs) Literally everything. Yeah. It's been estimated that people Uh, touch their phone hundreds, if not thousands, of times a day. Yes. And while many of us wash our hands on a regular basis after, say, going to the crapper, (laughs) cooking, cleaning, or gardening, we're much less likely to consider washing our hands after touching our phone. But given how disgusting and germ-infested phones can be, maybe it's time to think more about mobile phone hygiene. So here we go. A little lesson for you. (laughs) And again, I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. I'm just, aren't germs kind of good for us in a way? Like, it's okay to be exposed to germs sometimes, right? Uh, I mean, you hear that? Right. I mean, that's that's how we keep our immunity up. Let that dog lick your wound. Exactly. (laughs) Germs can be okay. It's not a bad thing if something's germy, it helps your immunity. It helps, you know? Yeah. But I've got to give this lesson. I'm sorry. And here we go. It'll include fecal matter. I guarantee it. Hands pick up bacteria and viruses all the time and are recognized as a route for acquiring infection. So, too, are the phones we touch. A number of studies conducted on the microbiological colonization of mobile phones show they can be contaminated with many different kinds of potentially pathogenic bacteria. Here we go. These include the diarrhea-inducing E. coli. Told you. Here it is. All right. 
and the skin infecting Staphylococcus, mm. as well as Actinobacteria. Actinobacteria. Actinobacteria? Yeah. Which can cause tuberculosis and diphtheria. Oh, my gosh. There's also, and again, I shouldn't have read this story because I'm out of I'm <laughs> Citrobacter. Citrobacter, which can lead to painful urinary tract infections. And enterococcus, which is known to cause meningitis. And on and on <laughs> and on and on. You name it. It's on that phone. Yep. <laughs> Research has found that many pathogens on phones are often antibiotic resistant, meaning they can't be treated with conventional drugs. So here's my question, okay? Here's <laughs> my honest my honest to goodness answer question, okay? Okay. All right. Since since the proliferation of us using phones, have these diseases increased in diagnosis? Right? Are more people getting E. coli? Are more people getting Steptocosis. Um, tuberculosis. Are more, are more people getting urinary tract infections? You used to get a TB shot every year. Remember? Are more people getting meningitis because of your phones? I want to know, are those numbers going up because of our phones? I don't know. We'll have to check the ERs. That's a, that, that's a legitimate question. It is. Very good. Even if you clean your phone with antibacterial wipes or alcohol, it can still be you know, recolonized. Okay, so... So what good is it then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just clean your crapper and clean your phone. That's basically the advice that that we've got. Uh, you need to start cleaning your phone regularly. <laughs> Do you clean your phone regularly? No, I don't. Use alcohol-based wipes or sprays, Matt. Okay. They need to Do you contain, clean your phone? Oh, all the time. They need to. But I don't take it in the crapper. I don't see any reason to take my phone into the... So when you're... You don't like... No. You're not... No. <laughs> I've got a 1972 Playboy. I read. No. <laughs> you know? Are phones replacing dad's uh, newspaper? Yes, is that they what... are. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> 1972. <laughs> I just don't... You don't know. Uh, I do. When not at home, keep your phone in your pocket or bag. And use a disposable paper list of uh, to-do items rather than constantly consulting your phone. Now, what's it? They're getting a little. What do you need your phone for then? You know. It says, "Do not share your phone with others if you have any infection, like you know you do, <laughs> or have not first sanitized it." Oh, here, hold on. If children, and I see a lot of parents, their kids play with their phone if children are allowed to play with your phone sanitize it as soon as possible <laughs> so like i i've never been a fan of letting my kids play with my phone just yeah. because just because of course they're bigger now they are yeah. but we we had ipads when they were little yeah and it's like they would play on the ipads and then i would go to use it and it was just crusty <laughs> i mean just like i don't know what kids do but it's just so, so gross. So, yeah, the iPad got cleaned regularly. Like, it was. What is it, you know? Uh, dude, How do you end know. up with that around your mouth? Okay, with a popsicle. And then suddenly by age, what, eight? You figure it out. Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> but you, kids always it's like, have you don't it, you feel know? this all over your face? Like, it's not normal? Like, you don't feel <laughs> and finally, some baby names for this year. Okay. All right. They're using, of course, some 
gender neutral names. Here they are. A lot of uh, vintage names, Margot or Eloise, with boys' parents choosing Nick Gamble names like August, which can be shortened to Gus or Augie. What is Nick Gamble? What is that? I've never heard of that <laughs> word before. It's <laughs> Nick Gamble names. What the? See, I should have used that as a radio name. I'm Nick Gamble. <laughs> I'm Nick Gamble. All right, Matt's researching Nick Gamble. It's just a bunch of, if you look it up, it's just a bunch of... So names you can basically adjust, shorten, or slang, like uh, August <sighs> to Gus or Augie. Okay. Okay. That's what I presume. I just never heard of Nick Gamble. Nick Dash Gamble. <laughs> so there you go. All We've right. learned something new. Gender neutral surnames are being used for the first names. Some of the most popular include Noah, Sutton, Miller. <laughs> Miller for a first name. Ellis or Brooke. A list of potential name uh, trends include vintage names like Mallory or Eloise for girls. What about Ethel? And, you know, let's bring back the real vintage names. When you hear those, you oh, that waitress, oh, she must be 92. Surnames <laughs> being used for first names uh, such as Sutton. And they just said Miller yeah. or Brooke. Yeah. Gender neutral names. Names can be shortened to nicknames like August to I just read all that. You did. And they're just repeating it. Yeah, they just repeated themselves. One of the names we had um on our short list of possible names for our kids okay. was Keller. Keller. Which is my mom's maiden name. Okay. And Keller would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard a person's first name Miller. There are so many Miller yeah. last names. I mean there's a ton of Millers. But I'd, I'd you know, Cooper. Yeah. I think that's a very original type sounding mm-hmm. are there any cooper other coopers in logan sports school yeah are there yeah there's quite okay. a few and then your daughter's name's kind of an older gretchen yeah Yeah, gretchen yeah but um i don't know i don't know how i came up dale back in the day that used to be go either way and kids i didn't have enough sense to know dale evans was you know a female cowgirl on TV, and I just blow it off. And luckily, I, my ignorance paid off because they didn't harass me. Oh, I just uh, yeah, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, Dale Evans. And then you know you didn't really hear a lot of Dales. And then right. the world of auto racing, there's the biggest Dale you know. That's right. So, but I, you know, I don't know. Before that, there was Chippendale. Yeah, that's right. And the, the famous the uh, squirrels, chipmunks. chipmunks. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's which? One has a red nose. So Dale has the buck teeth. Okay. <laughs> buck teeth. There you go again. <laughs> you know, if, if you're ignorant to what they're talking about, you know, they, they do. They lay off. Now, if I would have let that bug me back in the day. Oh, it would have been an open wound. Yeah, you know. Kept yeah. going after it. But uh, my ignorance paid off. Yeah. Back, uh, back in the day. So there we are at 651. And uh, that'll do it for this Wednesday, Matthew. A couple of days to get to, and we'll call it yet another week. I think I think you're right. I think uh, Dale has the red nose. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you, Matt, for the research. He, he's been looking that up since we started talking about it. <laughs> and he's got, so he he's got the, two, the two teeth that are kind of far apart in the red nose. That one's Dale. All right. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, buddy. Okay. 
This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.